It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers preseason week two postgame. Brian Peacock here with Eric Crocker breaking down everything we saw from week two preseason at the L.A. Chargers, namely the battle of who's going to be the starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance? When is it going to be Trey Lance's team? How did each quarterback look in this game? And we'll get into the rest of it, who shined on both offensive and defensive sides of the ball at BD Peacock on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker real quick I want to tell you about a little special event happening on the network here with the NFL season about to begin nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network August 30th through September 8th the Locked On NFL Podcast is previewing every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts follow the ultimate season preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning August 30th. You can also check out Croc Talk TV. Eric Crocker doing it on YouTube very often. I think you were on pregame, if I'm not mistaken, this week. Right, Croc? And uh, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show as well. But uh, I, I, love you, I love how you just jump on YouTube whenever. That, that's got to be like a freeing situation. You're like, you know what? There's a subject I want to talk about. Instead of like doing a tweet storm, let's just jump on YouTube, Croc Talk TV, and go for it. Yep, just jump on YouTube, and I encourage people to hop on. I'll put the link in the chat, and people can join me live. It's it's a pretty cool thing. Absolutely. We got to talk about these quarterbacks. Let's pause, and we'll get into a number of things and and what stood out to us in this football game. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play much, but he was on the field for a bit for one series because it was a long 15-play drive. He was 3 of 6 on that drive for 15 yards, a lot of running, uh, including Jimmy Garoppolo himself scampering for 10 yards, by the way, uh, and the the best rushing average for the team on the game is Jimmy Garoppolo's 10-yard average, his one scramble for 10 yards. Looking pretty quick. Like, Garoppolo has some athletic ability. He's not a statue. But again, you know, check down Charlie, very short stuff, just moving the ball down the field. And it was a nice drive until the throw. So we've got to talk. This is like the first big issue, Croc, we got to talk about on this this podcast because it's really funny. It was a Rorschach test at the beginning of this game with throws being a little off, a little high with receivers, balls bouncing off their hands. Should they catch? Are they bad passes? Were they bad quarterbacks? Was Jimmy Garoppolo's throw to Brandon Ayuk over the middle of the field a bad throw? Was it on Ayuk for not making the catch? Uh, and then we'll get into Trey Lance later because the same thing happened. So it depends on if you're if you're Team Trey or Team Jimmy, how you felt about those quarterbacks. Because I saw people reply to me because I said in both situations I said eh, wide receiver probably should have caught those. It hits your hands, you got to catch it, even though if it is a little bit high. And you could tell there was a, a pro Trey crowd, an anti Jimmy crowd, if you will, that was like, "No, oh, that was a terrible throw. That's on Jimmy." And then the same thing happened again. It's like, "Oh, the receiver's got to catch that." Then look at look at his arm strength. Look how he zips the passing. You know, so it's really funny. It's awesome. It's it's hilarious to watch 49ers Twitter go crazy with all this. And it's almost to the point where you want them to have a starter 
and have the season go get going so there's no more guesswork involved right but let, right. let's so i'm getting ahead of myself here your thoughts on the jimmy g lone drive 15 plays i think they only went about 15 yards in in uh in or 50 yards in 15 plays total a lot of running the ball a lot of short stuff from jimmy g but he made a couple of third down throws and they just sort of marched down the field before that interception so what'd you think about jimmy g and then the pick at the end of that series i thought initially coming out he was quick and decisive with the ball threw a nice pass over the middle Kyle Juszczyk, and he drug a couple guys, got a first down. I thought the second uh, first down that they picked up, it was third down and short. Jimmy Garoppolo fired a a pass to the short uh, slot on the right-hand side, and he threw it kind of high to Charlie Warner. And that ended up kind of being the theme of today, right? Like high passes, Mm -hmm. what's good, what's not. I think for Jimmy Garoppolo, with him, the thing that you expect to see is efficiency. And it's a little worrisome when a guy that is supposed to be the more efficient guy and the more accurate guy starts to get a little off for for whatever reason. And with Jimmy Garoppolo, we've kind of seen this from him, which sometimes kind of leads to, to turnovers, weird passes. A lot of times it's not really so much the missed pass, but the missed a linebacker and kind of throws it right to him or doesn't see guys in the passing lane. But the high pass to Warner, and then they continued to drive, and then the high pass to Brandon Ayuk. Now, my thought process is a lot of times if you ask a receiver if he should have caught it, he'll tell you, yes, I, I should catch that ball. I give receivers the benefit of doubt when they have to stretch out over the middle. Like, it, it's one thing to just catch a high pass, like, all right, whatever. But when it's high and over the middle, I know what it does to you. There's a little bit more tenseness to you reaching up for the ball, right? Like you're not just as, oh, I'm just going to go up there and not worry about getting hit. Now, some guys can, and, and that looks great. But most guys, that you have that kind of eternal clock in your head knowing like somebody's coming, somebody's coming. And in a situation like that, that's downfield high and over the middle, and you're fully extended, fully stretched out, you tend to kind of short arm it a little bit, and you lose a little bit of that strength behind your hands, and it leads to a drop like what we saw from Ayuk. So I do put the ball... I mean, I do put that drop on on I put that on Jimmy Garoppolo because it's like your guy is clearly he's wide open running over the middle, but you can't make I mean it's already scary going over the middle and you're making it worse by having a guy have to jump up, fully extend, and then it kind of deflects off of his hands. So did you see the replay from the end zone angle? Uh Jason Aponte shot a video of it. End zone angle. And uh, it, I had a question, and if you didn't see that, go back and look at the end zone angle of that play. I questioned what the angle was that Jimmy Garoppolo was throwing to. Because Jimmy wasn't waiting to see him open, then throw the ball. He threw it as he's breaking. Jimmy threw it in a direction where I thought he looked, Jimmy, and I didn't think about this watching I see what live. you're saying. You're, you're saying that, that I flatten his route off too much. Yes, or or, or Jim, just Jimmy not maybe not too much, but Jimmy post. was trying to throw him open down the field toward the post and because he widened and it looked like that play, and you see it to Kittle a number of times, you know, out of the slot where Ayuk was lined up there, and it looked like Jimmy was trying to throw him open toward the post, and it looked like it could have gone for six if he did that from the end zone angle, and it was a little bit of a flatter angle from the receiver. And I think that was where it wasn't so much as Jimmy missed. Jimmy was throwing it to where he thought the break was going and Ayuk broke a different direction. Maybe maybe they have something that they can work on with 
with that, like, hey, if it's like this, then I'm going to lead you upfield. And sometimes with the greats and guys that played together a long time, they just kind of know these things. But I will say, at least from that concept, they the receiver usually flattens that route off. Okay. What I've seen from the 49ers. Seen it several times with Debo Samuel where he'll push outside, push up, and then just flatten that route off across the middle. And they just usually throw it on the line right over the middle. So Almost a dig. And that, you're not like leading them across the middle either like a crosser. You're, you're putting it on them and they catch it and protect. And, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. you know, obviously you want to put it in a position to where you can catch and run, but you don't want to you don't want to have him fully extended over the middle on a high pass, typically. But Ayuk would tell you he should have caught it. But I'm saying I'm putting that on the quarterback for putting your receiver in that position where he's fully extended. And that was the end of Jimmy Garoppolo's day. Again, uh, three of six passing, 15 yards, a couple of third down throws, high on that throw off of Ayuk's hands and into the arms of, does it hurt a little bit more that it was Asante Samuel that got the pick there too? Well, yeah, but, I mean, I'm watching it again. It, yeah, I mean, he made the play, but I don't put that. It's like, we we gave you that. That's yeah. how I look at it. You know, there was a miscommunication or just a mispass by our quarterback and receiver and whatever, and then the drop. So it's like, you know, you benefit off of that. It's a lot like what we talked about with Lenore and his interception last week. Right, exactly. Okay, we'll talk a little bit more about Diamondor Lenore. Made a couple plays in this game. And the rest of the 49ers roster, including Trey Lance and... If Croc and I think that Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo should start week one based on now another set of data and another preseason game to go by next. It's that time of year again. All eyes turning back to football. The NFL teams are back on the gridiron to start the 2021 season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest, and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Promo code locked on. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. BetOnline is the fastest easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and get yourself a 100% welcome bonus promo code locked on at bet online your online sportsbook experts is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Trey Lance, again, got a lot of work. Again, got a lot more work than Jimmy Garoppolo. He did get to jump in with the starting offensive line and the starting receivers, and and the, the top four receivers are so really filtered in and out of that game for a while. Trey Lance's day ended 8 of 14 for 102 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, a couple of turnover-worthy throws. I have a feeling 49ers fans, and especially Trey Lance fans, are going to get mad at Pro Football Focus again because it's not going to have a great grade. It might be a little better grade than last week. It might not, but a couple of turnover-worthy throws. He did have a couple touchdowns. He had a couple of nice throws, but there was some some rookie he looked like a rookie for 
a good portion of that game as well. And I and I know there's the thought of, okay, well, how do you get a guy to not look like a rookie anymore? You let him play, right? But uh, <laughs> Trey Lance started, I think it was one for six with an interception in nine yards. And then after that, had a really nice day when he settled in, and especially uh, at the very end of the first half and then into the second half and ended up with, uh, I think it was a pretty solid passer rating, 89 or something like that passer rating, which is, you know, good for the 90s, for a 90s NFL quarterback, but, you know, not amazing now. But it started bad, ended well. He didn't fold. I think that's the best thing you can take away from this is the young man, 21 years old, didn't fold after a rough start to the game. Yeah, well, not only did he not fold, a couple of his misses that he had on those end-breaking routes, he came back and completed multi, uh, two of them on that touchdown drive before the half. So I think that was very encouraging seeing, like, man, he's missing high over the middle. Then he comes back and he completes those. You know, I think the – the I don't want to say the funny thing, but you and I had this conversation on what we wanted to see. And I said I wanted to see them come out and give him layup throws, give him layup plays to get him in – a sort of rhythm. And what does Kyle Shanahan do? He comes out and goes empty and goes empty. And I'm like, what are we doing? That's not what we discussed. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's not what we discussed for this guy, you know, like going empty, it spreads it out. And essentially I think people think, well, it gives him reads, but still his eyes might be all, all over the place. And I think what's clear from Trey Lance right now is he's not confident with what he's seeing post snap. So a lot of people might panic, with the inaccuracy and some of these missed throws. But if you notice anything from him starting one of six, and then when he started to do a lot better, he completed like, I don't know, seven out of his last eight attempts or whatever it was. Look at his his poise and what he's seeing and how everything started to work together. Early on, on his first miss, Debo, he's, he's trying to see things open. Like, oh, it's open. Now let me use my arm to fire it in there. Then he fired, but he's not, he's not bringing his lower body. So now he's throwing it high and behind Debo Samuel. That was a terrible throw, right? You got Debo Samuel. I'm thinking like, man, that's not a throw that, that's not a throw Jimmy Garoppolo misses. Yeah. He hits that guy in stride. And then you see the, the, the high to Sanu. Now I, I think out of all those high passes between Garoppolo and Trey Lance, like that was probably the more catchable one, but he's still throwing it hundred miles an hour. Yeah. I so would like, say it just makes it more difficult. I would say. The Debo miss high and behind him was the worst miss. Then it was the Ayuk Jimmy Garoppolo miss. Then it was the Sanu. That one that one definitely should have been caught. But I could see how you could put it on the quarterback for the other two. Yeah. I'm, well, he's still throwing. Even if it was a bad throw. Yeah. So, so you know, that just makes it difficult where, yeah, it's high and, okay, it's in a more catchable radius, but then it's going at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. That, that's, now that makes it more difficult. All right. But after that, like you said, you know, you talked about his final numbers, 8 of 14. He started to settle down. And let, let's talk about there, – there's some good plays. Before and a half, the, the pass down the sideline, the slant to uh, Sherfield was a terrific throw and catch. But the the touchdown play and, and what it looked like – actually, let me back up a little bit. There was a rollout play. He rolled out left, and he threw it to Richie James. And that's what I want to see. Let me see the rollouts where you shrink the field and you give him options. A lot of times it's high lows and he knows I'm throwing to this guy and this guy. Then what does his mechanics look like from that standpoint? And he flipped his shoulders around, got his feet going, got his hips around, and he completed the ball on the money in stride. Like, that's what I want to see. Kyle, why can't we do this with him earlier to work to get him in the rhythm? 
Now he started to get in the rhythm and we saw that. And then you see the touchdown pass, that second touchdown pass, where he looks off the linebacker. Like some people might think he's going through reads. He ain't going through reads. He's looking the linebacker off. Then he's snapping back. He knows exactly where he wants to go. He throws a strike. He hit Benjamin in stride for a touchdown. And when all his stuff works together, that's who he is. The issue is how do we get him to be consistently that? And we've seen, and I'm talking for a long time right now, but we've seen uh, uh, Josh Allen and some of his issues. He was a 52% passer his rookie year, 58% passer his second year, third year, 70% MVP candidate. How, how does that happen? And pre-snap, early on, he didn't know what he was seeing. So he's rushing things. He's inaccurate. His feet, everything's not working together. Once he started seeing things, now he's just playing and he's free and he understands what he's saying. He's able to throw in anticipation instead of just trying to muscle something over the middle late. And I think with Trey Lance, how do we how do we get him to that point? I'm glad you brought up those two throws because those are the throws I had marked down as his two best throws of the game. And I think that rolling left, first of all, it's a difficult throw and he's a really good athlete athlete to be able to pull that off. And so he's rolling left and then throws left to Richie James. It was on target. And I think part of it was it slows everything down and he doesn't, he can't throw a hundred mile an hour fastball run in the wrong direction, throwing to his left, you know? So it helps him <laughs> sort of settle everything down and he feeds it in there. Uh, but then when he does need to hump it up, the time when it makes sense was like the Benjamin touchdown throw. And you mentioned the look off, which is, which is really key. And even if it's predetermined, he's at least doing multiple things there where he's like manipulating the defense, looking off here and going to his first read, even if he knows that's his first read and that's where he's going with the ball. And he throws a strike and he threw an absolute laser. So uh, I love seeing both of those throws from Trey Lance. And I love seeing him improve like before our eyes during a game. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. That was great to see. I mean, we're talking about again, slants. He missed two of them high, one high and behind. Then he comes back and he hits two slants on the money with a slant to Sherfield and a slant later to Brandon Ayuk. Like that, like we we saw what happened with more reps. And it's not, some people might say, well, it's against second string or third string or whatever. The, his misses early on was never about who he was playing against. It was about what he was seeing, like post-snap and just not being sure. And his mechanics breaking down as opposed to in a two-minute drill, his mechanics, everything working together. So, Croc, after what we saw in preseason week one, now preseason week two, everything we know from the preseason, there's one more game to go. Usually you got to name a starter before the third preseason game because this is the dress rehearsal, right? And you want the starters together as much as possible to get ready for week one. So most of the time you'll name a starter. And even if you don't name them by name, you know who the starter is because they're working deep into the game with the ones and probably play the entire first half together. So we'll see if this goes into preseason week three with Trey Lance working a little bit with the ones. If not, we'll know the answer. Kyle Shanahan after the game, uh, I'm seeing right now, he said basically it's, it's the same as it's always been with the quarterback situation. Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter, but he didn't, he would not name Jimmy Garoppolo the week one starter. So he didn't go that far yet, but he says right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is still the starter. Croc, if you are Kyle Shanahan, do you start Jimmy Garoppolo in week one or do you start the rookie Trey Lance? I'm Kyle Shanahan. I start Trey Lance because I feel like what's what's my trade off, right? Jimmy is supposed to be the more efficient guy, but I'm losing some explosive plays, right? In the sense of just being able to throw the ball downfield, I'm losing some of that. Um, but I'm thinking that this guy is supposed to be more efficient, and 
even then he still turns the ball over at an alarming rate. So do I go with the guy who still is going to give me a turnover, but I know I can win with him. I know he's good on third downs. Or do I go with the guy that I want to build on to because he possibly can be an MVP candidate. He possesses that type of talent. Again, there's going to be some ups and downs with him. Can I game plan around that, right? Right now, he could be just throwing everything at him in the sense of, hey, here's just everything. Let me see how you handle it. Now, once he starts game planning for him, for his quarterback, he could shrink a lot of the things, add some of the things, add the running element, which we haven't – we've seen him run now, but we haven't seen the designed runs. There's all type of things that still he hasn't done with Trey Lance, but we've seen what it looks like when Trey Lance is on and when everything works together and in rhythm, and there's not – there's no area of the field that he can't hit. And we've seen this not just in practice, hearing about the deep ball throws and things like that. Now we've seen it in the games where he's hitting it, hit Sherfield, throwing strikes over the middle. I just think there's just too much talent there to build on. So I'm going to go with him. I think Kyle would probably go with Garoppolo. Yeah. But but I would I would go with Trey Lance. I think there's... He needs the reps. I don't think – the things that he needs to improve on, I don't think he's going to get by sitting. I, I just don't. Oh, that's that's where it gets difficult. And I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start week one. I would personally probably start Jimmy Garoppolo week one. The way I look at it is there's still I'm still seeing too many rookie mistakes from Trey Lance, and I need to be confident that he's going to have fewer of those. But then again, it's hard for him to have fewer of those unless he goes through it. And three preseason games is probably not going to be enough. So... Are you siding on the development of your rookie quarterback or are you going to decide on the guy that maybe uh, is going to run your offense more efficiently at the beginning of the season? And then if you start winning with Jimmy Garoppolo, it becomes even more and more difficult to put Trey Lance in there. So this is where it gets dicey. And we, I've talked about it ever since they made this move to trade up and keep Jimmy Garoppolo and draft the quarterback. Is the needle they have to thread here with developing while winning with a veteran quarterback, it's such a, it's such a small needle to thread. And so I'm fascinated to see how this goes into the season. I think it will go into the season. But your point about winning with, you know, the veteran quarterback that knows what he's doing on third down and, you know, gets all the calls right in, in pre-post snap is just, you know, like a veteran should be. It's clear he knows more about what's going on and is more confident with what's going on during a football game than uh, Trey Lance is right now. But Trey Lance is going to be on the field. You don't have, if you start Trey Lance, he plays every snap. If you start Jimmy G, you can bring Trey Lance on the field. Now maybe you get a little bit of both. Is that what Shanahan's doing here? And is that a crazy way to go about it and develop him and get him snaps during his rookie season without starting it? I think if you if you want to go, if you want to lean the Jimmy Garoppolo route, you get you have the advantage of being able to do that. And and that's why I think, you know, he can incorporate it that way. I think most people think, well, you can bring him in to run, but it's like, no, nah, like I can bring him in to do whatever I want him to do. Doesn't have to be run. Well, here's the thing: you bring him in to run, and then the defense is looking run. Then you bring him in, and you're like, "Oh yeah, remember that shot play from the first preseason game? Play action pass, dude can chuck it across the field and sixty <laughs> yards in the air too." So you got to watch out for that. So there's a lot of things you can do. You can almost bring him in as like a like a, a baseball team brings in a left-handed relief pitcher, right? Just a complete different look, and then take him back off the field and put your starter back in, like a major league baseball team cannot do. So uh, that's probably how I envision this thing going. And then maybe at some point, Jimmy's either screwing up or Trey's starting to prove more and more of these writings, had more practices and been through more actual game weeks. And then you, you make the move to Trey Lance a week too late 
that's much better than going to the young rookie quarterback a week too early. That's the way I look at it as a starter. Yeah. And you now here's the other issue. Because you want to get your number three overall pick in. Do you run into a Dolphins situation with with, uh, Tua and Fitzpatrick where Fitzpatrick started off a little whatever, but then he started to get hot. Then in the game where he looks like Dan Marino against the 49ers, you go into a bye week and then you bench him for a rookie. And then now the rookie was up and down. And it's like, well, Fitzpatrick was playing well. We were on a winning streak with him, but we're playing this rookie. It's up and down. Now let's bench him. Now, situations are different. I think Trey Lance has a different skill set than Tua, and Tua was coming off of an injury. But let's talk about how well did Tua playing as a rookie, because he did play a significant amount of snaps and start games. How well did that prepare him for this year? Because Tua looks much improved. Do you think it was just because, well, it was just year two, so I'm more improved? Or was it the meaningful snaps that he took and those starts and going through those ups and downs and recovering from an injury. So that's that's the part. Like, what does this play for with with Trey Lance? It's so difficult because Trey Lance needs reps. He does need reps. I agree with you 100% on that. To, to develop him the best, he needs reps. When does he get those reps is the huge question. Is half season enough? Can the 49ers I, I, I put him in there as a what, starter with half the season? If they're winning. I, I think that's what the I'm, – I'm looking at the bigger picture. I think a lot of fans would look at right now – so if you're thinking of right now, then clearly you go with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm looking at, I want this guy to be an MVP candidate year two. How do I get him yeah. to be that? And it's me playing him. Now, I'm willing to potentially sacrifice maybe not going as far as I possibly could this year, maybe. And again, I mean, that's it. Everything goes right, you know, but I'm I'm willing to look at the bigger picture and really – Built for like, I feel like year two, this guy can be an MVP candidate. Year three, year year four, and what he's going to be and how scary he's going to be with Kyle Shanahan. But I really feel like he needs this year to build on that. And even then, talk about year two for Josh Allen. He was a fifty-eight percent passer, twenty touchdowns, nine picks. They went to the playoffs. It's not, it's not great, mm-hmm. but they were able to game plan enough around what he was able to do well and win games. And I think that the 49ers could do that right now with Trey Lance. Oh man, it's it's tough. It's such a tough decision that Kyle Shanahan has in front of him. By the way, we talked about him running. Did you see the the practice videos of him scooting down the field on that? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, was, I was waiting draw, for that QB draw. Yeah, I was waiting for the QB draw. They didn't do it this game. I know. And I, you know, they're not gonna just want to run him up the middle. But it was interesting to see him do that, <laughs> and it was good today today to see him use his legs. Yeah, I, I like seeing that. We saw the playmaking ability. I mean, we're talking about the drive before halftime. He had the deep throw. He completed the slants. And then in the two-point conversion, he runs it in for a touchdown, even though it's called back. But just seeing, like, this is what he is. Like, this is what's this is what's in him. Right. Now let's just build on that. You know, like, how does that not excite you for a guy who you drafted to be that? Absolutely. All right, we've got to get to – and luckily, I mean, this – Obviously, we got to talk about the quarterbacks a lot. There was not a lot else to talk about in this game. And so <laughs> we didn't leave ourselves much time. So let's get back, maybe pick some uh, game balls to give out and any other highlights from preseason week two next. And we've got more days to talk about, more nuance from this game and whatever else is going on with the 49ers coming up right here on Lockdown 49ers. But let's finish it up with game balls next. Did you know the Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone like coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. If you don't know, 
Now you know, and they've always got special flavors running through, like grasshopper cookie. You know, like Thin Mints? Yeah, that one. It's really good. Uh, Peanut butter, though, is my favorite. What is your favorite flavor? If you're not sure, you can do a mixed box of Built Bars. Not only are they the best-tasting protein bar on the market, they're healthy, too. 17 to 18 grams of protein in every bar. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 or 5 grams of sugar and only 4 or 5 grams of net carbs. Also, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. You can save not only money, but you can save time when using RockAuto.com. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. It's only $216, the very same exact part from rockauto.com. Family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And rockauto.com prices are reliably low for every customer, no matter if you are a professional or an at-home do-it-yourselfer. They are stocked with everything you need, an unbelievable Selection at rockauto.com, everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for the inside of your vehicle. Oh, and the all-important wiper blades, which was my first purchase from rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Croc, before we get to some game balls, uh, any other highlights? Any other, or do you want to just incorporate game balls into other players that stood out for you in this game? Yeah, let's do it that way. Okay. Uh, I'm going to let you go first because, to be honest with you, I don't know if I want to give a game ball to anybody right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll go first. Diamador Lenore. I talked about wanting to see him stack together good games, right? I mean, we're talking about practice, and it sounds like maybe the 49ers defense, I don't know exactly who, but it sounds like they had a tough time with Keenan Allen. And Justin Herbert. And obviously, Justin Herbert wasn't out there today. You had uh, Easton Stick. But he still was never the issue on the field. And the guy that's filling in, there was no Verrett out there. There was no Mosley. But he's still out there breaking up passes and getting you know active in other aspects of the game. So, And a guy who Embry Thomas played the entire game. They pulled D'Amador Lenore out much earlier. So you know what? I thought you I saw ahead in that pecking order. Did I not see Demo get defended deep ball at the very end of the game? Because he definitely got pulled out of the game, but then I feel like they put him back in at the end, and he defended oh, the deep they? ball. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I saw that wrong because I was kind of getting ready for the podcast because I was like, I can't watch this game anymore. Yeah, no, I, sorry, I didn't see that. But, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Ambry Thomas was out there a ton, and Demo was one of the one of the starters. And well, He's I, getting I mean, the veteran treatment. Ambry Thomas started as well. They both started, right? Yeah. Let me double check. Yeah, they both started, but Ambry stayed and Diamondor Lenore left the field. Um, Ambry Thomas grabs too much, right? Am I crazy? He's he's panicking a little bit. Then he got beat deep by Guyton. Now Guyton, he got some speed, but can't get beat deep. I mean, it was a dime by Easton Stick, man. But yeah, man, Ambry Thomas, it's, it's a little up and down right now. Contavious Street. 
Mm-hmm. I'll give him a game ball. He is fighting for his uh, his 49ers football life right now, but he did get a sack, got another tackle for loss. I think got a couple tackles for loss in this game, and really the entire second-team defensive line showed up in this game from early on. Uh, Mo Hurst was in the backfield early. He left the game, I think, with an, an ankle injury. Um, Zach Kerr had a really nice game in the first half, was in on a lot of plays. DJ Jones and Eric Armstead and Hurst all creating pressure on the opening drive. Jordan Willis with the safety winning around the left edge there. So uh, you almost want to give a game ball to the entire second team and third team defensive line. So they played really well. And and those are going to be some tough cuts because uh, I don't think you can keep 12 defensive linemen on this roster. I was going to say, I mean, you, you singled out street, but I was like, man, you can, I think you can give a game ball to the entire reserve defensive line because they were active. Got a safety. Who was it that got the sack on the safety? Uh, That was Jordan Willis. Jordan Willis, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, all those guys were active. Arden Key got in the mix, uh, batted down the pass. I mean, th- those guys, uh, I was extremely impressed. They they looked like the 2019 <laughs> defensive line. Now, again, we're talking about going up against reserve offensive linemen for the Chargers, but just in the sense of what it looked like and the type of pressure that they put on the quarterback most of the night, I thought that was really cool to see. And combined, Los Angeles rushed for only 2.4 yards per carry, and that's with both Chase Daniel and Easton Stick averaging 5 yards per carry on their four rushing attempts, too. So basically against the running backs, they were 2 yards or sub 2 yards per carry. So did well against the pass and the run. So yeah, uh, stock up for the 49ers. The the 49ers have to trade from strength, don't they? They're going to trade one of those defensive linemen. We talked about it. I, let's, we, we don't have time today to talk about our fictitious trade. We yeah. talked about, I put it out there on Twitter. Uh, tune in to tomorrow's show. We'll talk maybe about fake trades that could become that, hey, that real was in trades. my mind while watching that. Yeah. I was just like, ah. Absolutely. Uh, Jermichael Hasty, does he deserve a game ball? I like the way he runs. Uh, Dwayne Gallman pr- played pretty well, too. They, they were both in there almost the entire game. I think you can give one to both guys. Like, I, you know, just as a group, the two backs. Uh, for how much they had to play in the preseason behind an offensive line that hasn't been so great, I thought they they played extremely well. And they might be running backs two and three right now because both rookies are hurt. Trey Sermon didn't play in this game. He's dealing with an ankle all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden, right before the first preseason game, there was the Elijah Mitchell uh, abductor muscle, I think it was, core muscle injury. Uh, it looks like his, the beginning of his season is in doubt now, so he might end up on the pup list, or I don't know if he can go on the pup list if he get hurt during the season. I, I can't remember what the, what the rules are on all that, but um, I mean, maybe they'll have to keep everybody, because it was going to be Hasty versus Gallman to make the roster as running back four. That might be running back two and three, and they both make the roster. Yep, Wasn't expecting that from Hasty. Gallman looked like the better runner. Thought he was a little bit more quicker, decisive, explosive, getting vertical right now. I think he he was slightly a better runner. I like Hasty's style, but uh, just kind of my eye test. And I, I want Hasty to be the guy. But yeah, Hasty's a really was, bursty like, oh, runner. There's something, there's something there to Gallman. Hasty's good out of the backfield as a receiver too, and so is yeah. Gallman. They're they're very similar, in fact, in a lot of ways for what role they could be on the 49ers offense. Um, Trey Sherfield, another big catch, uh, dude. He's if you did if you were like if you came from the future. Or the past, or from another planet, Mars. Mars. Yeah. You came from Mars and were dropped onto Earth to watch 49ers football to start the preseason, or even just at the start of training camp, and not know, you know, who was big time, who was drafted where, and all this stuff. You would think Trent Sherfield's the best wide receiver on the 49ers, right? You would. I think we have to get him out of number 81. So he he was a number more in the teens. I, I know you probably like that, you know, a little I mean, old school, but it's a Hall of Fame number. 
Yeah, yeah, no, nah, you gotta get gotta get them out of that because this is not the Hall of Fame numbers time now. It's like the the eighties numbers were off that. Guys are wearing single digit numbers now. I know you don't really care for it as much. Oh, I don't care. I I, I don't like the single digit numbers. And somebody on Twitter asked us that question. Maybe we'll save that for another day. But on big guys, it looks terrible. There's just too much space around the number with their body. <laughs> it makes them look even frumpier. I, I think it's yeah. Melvin Ingram has like number six for the Steelers. It that looks, looks bad because yeah, he already has a bad body. It makes it look that much worse. But Joe Tryon, the defensive end for Bucks, I thought it looked good on him wearing number nine. And I think um, it looks good on the number eight looks good on Kyle Pitts, but he's more linear, tall, like basketball player looking. Um, and so I think on skinny, fast guys, it looks good. On quarterbacks, it looks good. It looks strange. Like even um, number five, Palmer, Josh Palmer for the Chargers. I thought that was a tight yeah. end. He, he's a little bit too big for a single digit, I think. Looking a little thick. Any more game balls, Croc? I got to give one to Trey Lance, but not even so much for his overall performance, but just how he uh, bounced back at a time where he could have easily tanked it and it could have really went, I mean, terrible, right? And it was going terrible. And the way he bounced back, the way he responded, the way he got in the rhythm, the way he got in the groove. And I was like, man, like that, that was big time stuff to see that type of resilience from a guy where on Twitter, trending was Trey Lance bust. That was trending. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, if people are like, it's funny because, and it, and it happened with uh, Justin Fields and, and people declaring victory after one preseason game. It's happened with Trey Lance. He just has one bad quarter and um, not even a full bad quarter. And people are declaring victory if they didn't like Trey Lance or they like somebody else better. And it's just funny how quickly, like you can't, it's a preseason game, first yeah. of all. And these guys, like you mentioned with Josh Allen, there's so much career out of him. He's 21 years old. Like we're not going to know who Trey Lance is until he's 25. And, and speaking of Justin Fields, not, he finished 9-19 and yesterday. Not that great. It was similar. It was uh, some good and some bad. Sometimes you look like a rookie. Sometimes he has a wow throw. I, I just think his pure arm is just, it blows me away. Um, he's, a, I don't know if it's him being allowed to. I don't know if Trey Lance is forcing himself. It looked like on one play today, in fact, he's like, it's in his head not to run. Like he's not supposed to run. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Justin Fields taking off like crazy left and right and making huge plays. And so um, Justin Fields has to recognize when there's a free blitzer coming. That's one thing he's got to figure out. And I think he learned a big lesson this week, getting his head knocked yeah. off, literally a yard literally. sale. Just like gear everywhere. His, his, not only his helmet, but his headband fell off too. He's got to collect his stuff. He got up quick though and looked good. Looked okay after that. But yeah, they're, they're, these are all rookies and it's going to take some time. And there's there's nuance and things that all of them have to learn. One thing I'll say real quick, and I think we're, we're done with our game balls here. By the way, two for two so far, Trey Lance, Trent Sherfield, and Diamdor Lenore getting game balls in both games so far for us here. So you can tell who's stock up for us here with Locked On 49ers. Is it unfair that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't get a chance to struggle and then come back and get some rhythm in a football game and play a few series and then look better? Very unfair, and I think that's really good added context. And, again, I, I, I like Jimmy. I just kind of see him for – it's like I, I know what you are. So I'm a little – like that's who he is. Like yeah. we're, we're not going to see anything that we don't know from Garoppolo, right? Look good, okay. Ah, oh, turnover. Could have been a touchdown. Like, but that play in itself, that's kind of been a what Jimmy G has been throughout his entire career with the 49ers. We're not done talking Jimmy G and Trey Lance. We're not done talking about the rest of the 49ers roster as it takes shape here. We're heading into preseason week three now. Then there's like an off week, which I think we can do some fun stuff as we get ready for the 2021 
regular season. Got another Winky Wednesday this week. I uh, might have another special guest or two coming up. And, of course, Eric Crocker and I with you covering the 49ers every day. Right here, Locked On 49ers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.